Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of uh, Minor to Major, uh, learning how to win in this unfair game of life. This I am your host, Jeremiah Rankins, licensed professional counselor right here in the state of Texas. I am actually uh, doing this recording live, something kind of new uh, that I, I'm, I'm not used to doing because um, I kind of edit, put the music there, cut and, and, and kind of, you know, uh, really throw in some ads in my uh my podcast but i decided to knock out three or four birds with one stone by not only uploading this live to my linkedin um where i have a, a small influence of of a little bit less than two thousand people who follow me but i also wanted to uh share it on uh, my anchor podcast i'll drop some links there for you but i'm talking about 504 accommodations in our school districts. And the reason for this is because I've had several clients come into my practice, minor to major, and um, the parents are inquiring about the evaluation that they received. I have a student that my actual client wants to get out of 504 accommodations. He does not want this special uh, treatment and accommodations uh, that the uh, school is recommending. And so he's, uh, you know, during therapy, talked about you know, his autonomy and his independence and how he doesn't need uh, these accommodations. He's high, you know, functioning, autistic and um, very bright kid with lots of opportunity to thrive. And we have to give these kids their autonomy, especially when they're performing well academically. And so I'm going to go ahead and share some points with you all. Some of you parents who have 504 accommodations, have your children who have 504 accommodations. I want you all to listen to this, okay? You know, uh, this is a different perspective that you typically won't get from any other clinician, okay? I always, I, I typically go against the grain when it comes to uh, traditional thoughts, okay? And so 504 accommodation, I, I want you all to think every child in public school in the texas i'm going to speak specifically about texas because that's where i live i'm going to speak about what i believe to know each student who attends public school receives ten thousand. well they don't receive it the district receives ten thousand dollars for each student each student ten thousand dollars if a student um is special education meets 504 accommodations it's an additional $10,000. So in total, it's $20,000 for that student to attend the public institution. When we have that set up, it's very, very, very profitable for the districts, the educators, the principals, these districts to have more students on 504 accommodations so they receive more money which can go into their programming bonuses uh salaries whatever it is and so this is the harsh reality believe it or not like oh i shouldn't be talking about this but this is the truth for your student for your child to attend public school it's ten thousand dollars to get that federal funding that grant funding for your student to attend school for free so fast forward about, let's talk about truancy. Let's talk about skipping school. When your child doesn't attend school, let's say kids are skipping school. Um, they're, they're skipping classes. They go to school, but they skip. It affects the attendance, right? And so the school district has to report this 
to the higher ups, the federal government to get the funding. And so if your student isn't going to class, if students are not going to class, they're skipping and they're missing out, it affects their funding. And so that's when we got these truancy officers. Okay, now the truancy officers are going after the students, the kids. They're saying, hey, look, if you don't do this, these number of days, uh, you continue skipping, we're going to get the legal system involved. And there goes the, the school to prison pipeline. So we're going to get the, you're going to go to juvenile hall. And if you keep skipping school, we're going to, we're going to lock you up. That's going to solve the problem, right? Then it, it, I think before you even get there, I think they go after the parents. The parents get a citation, they get a ticket, they get summoned to go to court and they have to advocate for what's going on in their home. The reason for this, they put the foot down, maybe CPS will get involved because you're messing with their money. You're messing with the funding in the school district. Okay. A lot of people don't understand that. Now let's talk about the 504 accommodation. A child is put on 504 accommodations for whatever reason, behavioral issues, dyslexia, dyslexia, um, um, you know, for whatever reason, special education at sixth grade, seventh grade, 504 accommodations. When a child becomes 15, 16 years old, because the plan has followed them and no adjustments or amendments or uh, recommendations to discontinue the 504 plan. They continue to follow him, although he's thriving now. He's socially, he's socially doing better. Of course, he's getting bullied because you know that's a thing, unfortunately. So the, you know there's bullying going on. Uh, maybe he gets into trouble here and there. Uh, not enough justification uh, to qualify that student to continue to remain with the 504 accommodation. So the student says, listen, I don't need this. I don't need this. I never use it. I don't need these 504 accommodations. To get a student out of 504, it's a work of Congress. Like it's an act of Congress. It's extremely difficult to do. And so you have the treatment team go in there. They'll do the LSSPs here in Texas, licensed uh, specialists in school psychology will come in. And um, they'll do these evaluations They'll put together a battery. They'll test for this, that and the other, whatever the uh, question is. And then they'll bring it back. Um, they'll bring it back to the team and they'll say, well, this is why and the, have the parent guardian come in. This is why we believe that your son, daughter, them uh, needs to remain in 504. There was a question that was asked, um, you know, also taken into consideration these tests, these IQ tests, these achievement tests, these are tests not specifically for minorities, Indians. The majority, the majority of uh, the sample was not Indians. It wasn't African-Americans. It wasn't Latinos. These tests were performed in Dakota, Wisconsin, Idaho. Who lives there? White people. No offense. So if we, at, for some reason, don't perform well on these exams, these tests, these instruments, we need to factor that into uh, accountability. And a lot of the, the educators, a lot of the clinicians are not factoring that in. So whatever it takes to keep these kids in the 504 plan, 
there's going to be an excuse and a reason for that. Here's the other concern that I have about that. I've got solutions at the end of this uh, segment. If you're watching on uh, LinkedIn Live, I want you all to follow me at Therapy Swag on YouTube, Therapy Swag on Facebook, and always feel free to visit the website www.minortomajortx.com. There, you will get a link to the podcast. You can listen to all my episodes, parental advisory on some of them. When we have these 504 meetings, these accommodation, these meetings, okay, these ARDs in Texas, when we have these meetings, we have a sit down. This is what he's diagnosed with. A diagnosis typically results in a uh, recommendation to get a consultation for med management to treat the symptoms of the diagnosis. So if your child has been diagnosed with ADHD because he's bouncing off the walls in the classroom, he's the class clown. Um, if he's constantly getting bullied and he chooses to fight versus turn the other cheek, there's a mood disorder. Um, not factoring into the cultural background of where this child lives in the hood where they fight. That is their communication style, right? Or the the parents the family physical violence domestic violence in the home and so they have been taught to speak with their fists and their hands first versus using their verbal so because they have been taught this way they've been diagnosed with dmdd so hyperactivity disorder attention hyperactivity disorder i mean you've got i'm sorry attention deficit hyperactivity disorder when you have those diagnoses, you typically have a recommendation to get treated through medication. There's a pharmacological approach to the treatment of those symptoms. If our children are not being uh, diagnosed accurately, if all the background, the cultural background and everything is not considered in these assessments, these evaluations, they're getting misdiagnosed, which leads to medications that are not treating the underlying issue so what brings me to my last point you always want to have if you feel like as a parent your child can move past the 504 doesn't need the assistance of the 504 accommodations make sure that you get a third party uh, vendor with the district that you are in within that district Every single district has a list of clinicians who offer these services that are not directly direct employees of the district. So you as an as a parent have the autonomy to say, I don't think this evaluation is right. I want to get a second opinion, a third opinion. Let's use an outside source that is not a direct employee of the school district. And so you have the vendors. I'm I'm only a vendor for one school, school district. And I thought I heard a uh, an echo, and I'm so sorry if the um, if the audio is just not optimal on this. I didn't do a sound check, but uh, I'm gonna keep pushing and I'm gonna move forward. So whenever we have these diagnoses um, and we have the medications that are treating the symptoms associated with the diagnosis, 
we cause more harm. There's more problems. There's more issues that arise. There's parents who are just totally against medications. They become traumatized because of the negative um, side effects from the meds. Oh, my child's just not my child anymore. Or uh, they're just not the same. Or, you know, this negative thing happened. And so now parents are traumatized for the remainder of their child, their child's life. On, and they're just really reluctant to prescribe, get the medications. It causes more harm in more ways than one. Not even talking about the negative effects of these medications on children. I'm not against medications. I believe medications are effective. When I was uh, a child, I was on Ritalin. I was off the chain. I was off the chain. Medications helped me focus and stay my butt in my seat it did change me i lost my appetite i was a zombie after i took my nap at 4 4 30 when i got home from school i was back to off the walls playing and ripping and running the streets okay but there's some pros and there's there's some cons but anyways nevertheless 504 accommodations make sure that you know that the school district is getting an additional ten thousand dollars because your child is receiving special accommodations with those accommodations if they're not being met because of low staff uh not that many educators you don't have enough educators to put your child in a smaller classroom during testing time uh we had student what is it cmc i, I can't remember the name uh for the acronym um but folks if if your children are uh receiving these accommodations these 504 accommodations and not getting the services that's issue number one issue number two if you question the diagnosis or anything inside that evaluation get a second opinion always get a second opinion this is your child's life and we need to be invested in them okay you all thank y'all so much uh, for joining me for another episode i've got to run i've got lots of stuff to do in the community this morning this afternoon and evening i can't wait to get involved so invested another episode of minor to major helping people thrive in this unfair game of life helping you win in this unfair game of life thank you